Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Hugel. It's the holiday time still, and I'm telling people bustling, hustling, everything. All around, everywhere. That's great. And I uh, hope that you kept people in mind for uh, spring items for their community gardens. Uh, that would be shovels. That would be gloves. That would be any kind of hand tools. Love the hand tools. Uh, that would be also products that they can use, whether it be some fertilizer if they want to use some. Uh, different kind of seeds that are going to be available because now catalogs are out. Yay, catalogs are out. Catalogs. So <laughs> various seed catalogs. And some of them are free. Most of them are free. There are some that are not. And we're going to tell you about one that isn't, but it's almost like a catalog that you can put on your coffee table uh, or have around when a company comes. It's like art, someone says. Uh, Just a colorful book of information uh, from the uh, Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, uh, www.rareseeds.com. Grab your free catalog from them, too. They've also got a paid one that we'll go through with you. But uh, the seed catalogs are out, and we're going to be talking to some people or information about their catalogs uh, when the uh, January edition comes out for the Community Garden Magazine. We're going to showcase catalogs. So uh, we're pretty well getting our system down, what we're wanting to do and accomplish with the magazine and adding other stuff. Uh, it takes a little time, a little thought of whatever, and uh, we're getting there. So January is the month that's going to be for showcasing seed catalogs. Yay! <laughs> Things are rolling. Uh, it is the season. Follow la la, huh? Do da do da. But anyway, um, we've got some really great uh, uh, things for you today. And uh, we're cooking and we're baking. Uh, we're not doing as much sending out to people as we used to. Some of them are dead now. But uh, we changed a lot in our Christmas. And uh, it still went fast. You know what I'm saying? We thought, oh, we'll cut back on this, that, and the other, and then it'll be just peaceful, calm. No, where's the calm? No peace. (laughs) No calm. (laughs) But uh, we're here, there, and uh, we're looking forward to the end of this week. Uh, And then the following week is going to be the New Year, so that would be great. Uh, So we're kind of winding down. And then what I do is I always like to go through what I did for the following, you know, the, the year you know, currently what it is, and then I try to figure out what to do for the following year. So uh, we've got one more calendar that I have to get, and then I'll be set for my calendars. So um, I'm really excited about this coming year. It's been a long time coming. We've had some things that we wanted to get done and do, and sometimes it's just not just not what you want to, you know, showcase. So uh, we're very uh, intrigued by what's out there, and hopefully we can grow with everyone uh, to try to spread the word about community gardens. And um, we were so excited for the, uh, De- what was it, December issue, for the people with the Volunteer of the Month. That was the people there in Vermont, the Vermont Community Garden Network. They have about 500 gardens uh, in their whole state of Vermont, 500. And uh, they have a network that's been going on since at least the last four or five years because I have interviewed them in the past. And we were so excited to add them on. Uh, be able to showcase at least a community garden that they have and say thank you for all your work. So um, I think every state in the union should do a network throughout the state. I think one state tried it and uh, didn't do anything more with it. But, uh, I think another state down south has uh, already started to try the same system, and I think that should be all across the United States in my opinion. 
So we'll see what we can do and get going. And, um, you know, we just keep on waiting for the next interesting thing to uh, to evolve. So it's just been really fun to see what's out there. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and be back here in a moment. This is Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and I'm glad you're here. Um, probably you're propping your feet tired from all the shopping you've been done. But My name is Mary Huckel, and uh, we're so glad you're here today. Uh, of course, there's all kinds of things going on on the food systems, and we want to make sure that we keep you posted on the latest items that are out there uh, that we either find, read, hear about, whatever. Uh, the USDA wants to remind us that after decades of cutting back on eating eggs, uh, that they're now reversing that trend with a big leap in consumption for the forecast of 2019. Now, for me, I have to have my scrambled eggs in the morning. I don't care, and I eat two of them. So um, I always like my eggs. Uh, so we've had pay for them when they've been high. I remember uh, Easter or two back. Remember when it was extremely expensive, like two to four bucks, two to four dollars for a carton of eggs. But now they're back down, and I think we just got uh, two for eighty-eight cents each. You know, one eighty-eight cents was the price per twelve pack uh, from Aldi. So. Um, but here's the the ditty they want to tell you about about the consumption for eggs coming up that they're projecting for 2019. Men have named you. It was 1950 when this song was a hit on turntables across the country and on breakfast and lunch and dinner tables. The average American that year ate 377 eggs. But into the 1960s, breakfast was becoming less common. Egg consumption began to fall. And then in the 70s, we started hearing reports about the high cholesterol levels in eggs. That sent consumption down even more. And by 1995, per capita egg consumption was down from 377 in 1950 to only 227. But then... Things began to change. Consumption started up again, and by 2017, it was up to about 270 eggs, and we just got a forecast in from the Agriculture Department. Those analysts are forecasting that in 2019, the average American will consume 280 eggs. Now, that, uh, we know, pleases one person in particular, Ann Alonzo. She runs the American Egg Board. We talked to her at a recent USDA farmer's market in Washington. She says the fast growth in the last five years comes partly because many restaurants have begun offering breakfast all day long. One of the game changers there was McDonald's and many other have followed suit. So, you know, most places, they now have breakfast all day. So people, millennials and others that have different lifestyles, they can eat eggs all day. Oh, but wait a minute. Now, what about eggs being bad for you because of the high cholesterol content? Well, research has finally indicated that that's not the case. And that is Howard Helber, one of the long-running cheerleaders, I guess you'd call him, for eggs. He's broken the records for the shortest time to make a single omelet, 27 seconds. Fastest omelet flipper, and he still holds the record for making the most omelets in 30 minutes, 437 omelets. So you might say, Howard, uh, you just are a little egg-centric there. Egg-centric, I might be, yeah. Yeah, but he knows his eggs. And back to the cholesterol situation, according to the research, blood cholesterol and dietary cholesterol are two different things. 
and that an egg, which is high in dietary cholesterol, does not translate to blood cholesterol. That's been proven once and for all. As a result, egg sales have skyrocketed because people have been able to go back to eggs. Howard travels the world promoting eggs, and he says now that people realize cholesterol is not really an issue with eggs. I can promote eggs with six <laughs> grams of protein and only 70 calories, nine amino acids. They're so inexpensive that I'm proud to do what I do with eggs. <laughs> now, Howard, we have to tell people you are 81 years old, but you have the energy of somebody much younger. Thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, can I blame it on the eggs? Why not? <laughs> well, I don't think you can go quite that far. No. <laughs> I suppose not. I suppose not. In Washington, Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. I have to have my eggs no matter what. And I always make sure that we have extra eggs in the background because some of these recipes want uh, a lot of eggs, you know, like four or six eggs. Those scare me when it's that many eggs, but, but that's what they want in the recipe. But uh, I like my scrambled eggs in the morning. I have two every morning. Uh, and then I'd say most mornings, 90% of the time. And it helps me. So uh, you do what you do. Some people can eat just cereal or toast or whatever. I'm not that way. I have to have a good breakfast. So... Uh, so I'm always looking forward to breakfast, and I can eat any time of the day, and I have many times, <laughs> many times. Now, one thing that we all run into uh, in situations, uh, for particularly the holidays, is that uh, we gain too much weight by eating all the baking and all the other goodies that's around. Like us, we've gotten so much candy, and we do every year, we've gotten so much candy that we can freeze it, and we'll have it at least up into March area. Uh, candy, one year we had some in June, believe it or not. So um, that was two, three Christmases back. So if we freeze our candy. We call the companies ahead of time, say, can we freeze your candy for how long? And then most of them say, look at the dates that are on there, goodbye, uh, you know, a certain time. So uh, we've already got some in the freezer. We don't want to get uh, too much weight on us right at the moment. Mine's maintaining, so I think that's great. Uh, but uh, you do have to watch it during the holidays. And lots of people do gain lots of weight during the holidays, as a matter of fact, uh, like 10 to 15 pounds. But there are some tricks to keeping that weight gain at a minimum. So Gary Crawford from the USDA is going to give us that report. Well, it's time to pull out that holiday favorite song. It's the most fattening time of the year. However, it does not have to be that way. Even though you're eating more calories over the holidays, you can maintain your weight. Yes, it is possible, but Rutgers University nutrition expert Karen Inslee says with all that extra food, the parties, buffets, the big holiday meals, and without some extra exercise in there and without what she calls mindful eating, we'll probably blow up like a balloon. Well, it may not be that bad, but chances are you're going to have the possibility of gaining some weight, and it could be as much as six, seven pounds, depending on the person. And Karen says our biggest enemy during the holidays is the holiday buffet. With a buffet, because there's so much food there, People tend to go and eat, go back for seconds and thirds, and it just kind of puts the food out there, and people are encouraged to really eat way beyond what they should be, you know, taking in. To combat the menace of the buffet, this is where Karen says the concept of mindful eating comes in. 
And that means you want to think about what you eat before you actually put it on your plate and consume it. Now, the easy advice would be just don't go to that buffet or party or dinner, but we all know that's not possible most times. But Karen says what is possible is don't go hungry. It's a good idea to have maybe some low-fat dairy product and maybe a small salad or some fruits and veggies before you actually go to the function. And that way you're not going in there really, really hungry. And so there you are. As the party goes on, you know, you start to get hungry later. So if you have to put food on the plate, make sure you take plenty of veggies and salads. Three ounces of meat, fish, poultry is all you need for a meal. So choose a couple of the dishes that look good. And then when you get down to the fruits and desserts, and pick something that you really like and eat a small piece of it. Another piece of advice, uh, don't hold your conversations around the food table. Move away so you don't just almost unconsciously pick up food, this and that, all during the party. And again, when it comes to food this holiday season, you need to think before you act, and I think that's really critical. Finally, Inslee says, yes, even if we do the mindful eating thing, we are still likely to eat more during the holiday. So it's very important to keep up your regular exercise routine if you have one. Start one if you don't, because indeed, it's a how about it so do pay attention to what you put in your mouth because uh when springtime comes it's going to come awfully fast now y'all and uh, you want to make sure you're going to be in tip-top shape health-wise and also weight-wise otherwise you got to get out on that uh a treadmill or ride bicycle walk. I've got to walk this winter time so I can get my stuff down. Uh, I mine was from a prior situation, so I didn't gain because I'm maintaining weight during this holiday. So, and I think it's because we are aware that uh, we shouldn't eat as much during the holiday, and uh, we've been freezing a lot, so that's been good. So we've been very blessed with what we've had. And we thank anybody and everybody that's added to that situation. Uh, but we're just not going to eat it all at one time. We're just not going to. So we're freezing the stuff. Yeah, freezing it. So uh, that's been fun to uh, do it that way. And it gives us some quick uh, things to just go in there and go get. And uh, we find that it's more fun because we've stretched it out than eating it all at once. And we don't need to do that. We just don't. <laughs> Okay, uh, so then also, uh, I've always said this too, whenever you grow something, like in our area, uh, I was just talking to someone today uh, in another state, and I was telling him, I said, you know, our area, we provide you all with corn. Uh, we All of our part of the mid-state, we're uh, Midwest, we're corn uh, producers, and they lost soybeans. Now, a lot of people can't use soybeans, but the soybeans usually uh, is used for the uh, uh, alternative fuel situations and and uh, sent to other countries, that that kind of thing, for the same thing. But uh, that's what we grow in our area, and we've got to divest uh, into other areas of food because uh, if we don't have certain foods available, they go down to Mexico and go ahead and purchase stuff from there. Now, of course, yes, also uh, Central America. Uh, there's a lot of products that are purchased there. But we got to start growing more ourselves and become more uh, sustainable and uh, be a little bit more independent. Uh, this also creates more jobs for people, more opportunities. So we just got to learn how to expand that base. 
So the USDA, what they're doing is that they say some farmers are paying closer attention to, which we've all got to do with our community gardens, even delving into growing what can be called alternative crops for several benefits. That includes economic ones. See, like when you go to a community garden, if you have a food hub to go to to be able to sell some of your products, you make some pocket change. If you have the opportunity to sell it at a farmer's market or to a grocery store, you make pocket change. Now, see, some grocery stores, they'd rather you go through a food hub or a larger uh, entity, so they don't deal with 17 uh, different accounts or, or 100. They just deal with maybe five or ten accounts kind of thing. So... Um, I'm for food hubs, yay, raw. I'm for urban farms, small farms, because you can grow a lot even with just an acre. And some guy I was talking to, he said, well, you know, like an acre, uh, a lot of people kind of squirm at that or whatever, but you can grow a lot, a lot. And he's saying that uh, he's aware of people buying up uh, farming space two and 300 uh, acres at a time. So... um, it doesn't matter necessarily the size. It depends on what you're wanting to do and how much product you want to get out. But you can do a lot with an acre. So if you have only a plot that's 10 by 10, you can still do a lot for your family. You can grow a lot with your family because, remember, go vertically. And I'm a big person on this, vertically. Uh, you can go ahead and grow a lot of shelves, make a lot of shelves going up. You can get the shepherd's hooks. You can get all kinds of casings they have now, like a little shelf things that you can grow things off of. Go get something that can grow vertically, and you'll have a lot more opportunity to grow more plants. So well, let's go ahead and listen to this uh, alternative scene involving crops. Term alternative can be a diverse one, whether we think of music over the decade. agricultural crops. There's a world of potential among the alternative crops that are out there. Rob Myers is a regional director for the Sustainable Agriculture and Research Education, FAIR, program for the 12-state North Central Region. FAIR is part of USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture. Now, one might think of alternative crops as those that are not major commodities, specialty crops, for instance. We do see a lot of farmers nowadays growing higher-value specialty crops. Myers noting in the middle of corn and bean country in Iowa, one producer is raising. Several acres of vegetables had a large variety of chili peppers that he was growing. Or even in places like North Dakota, where one grower was taking native grapes from nearby wooded areas. Created a very nice vineyard from them, and now he's selling them. He doesn't have his own wine processing facility on his farm, but he sells to a winemaker. He's in North Dakota, the winemaker's in South Dakota. The bottles of native wine were selling for $50.00. Another alternative crop example is non-soybean oilseed crops, like sunflower. In addition to their value for cooking oil and biofuels, there are opportunities for farmers to direct package these for birdseed and direct market. That's a huge market. About a third of the sunflowers that are grown have gone into the birdseed market traditionally. But what if you are a soybean farmer? You already have the equipment to plant beans and perhaps are looking for an alternative. Myers says one answer is edamame soybeans. Because these are getting more popular in the food market, you've probably had edamames either at a restaurant or maybe as part of a frozen vegetable mix. That's an example where a farmer can use some of their existing planting equipment. They just have to think about harvesting differently than they would with the dried soybeans. There are what may be considered now alternative grains, such as the perennial grass, Kernza, which Meyer says, based on nutritional, food and feed production, and environmental potential, 
General Mills last year announced, the Kernza is the grain of the future. And Myers adds, don't forget cover crops in the realm of alternative crops, especially as new market opportunities are developed for these potential commodities. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Thank you. Yes, I agree. I agree firmly. We have to grow a little bit more than what we're doing, uh, have a, a diversity effect going on there because, again, why are we spending money on other nations when we can grow it ourselves? Uh, we can't grow everything because of seasonal situations. You know, that's just part of it. Or where we are, you know, with the climate territory. But when we can grow it ourselves, we need to start doing more. Other nations are doing that. We're lagging behind a little bit on that, I believe. But now at least it looks like we're trying to change that tune and we're doing it on a dime, which we can. We're Americans. So, um, pride in the USA. <laughs> do da, do da. So, uh, have some pride, but also realize that we can grow a lot ourselves. We don't have to just grow the same old things. Now, we do once in a while to grow the basic stuff, the same old, same old, but we do diversify and see if the seeds will come up or the plants grow or that kind of thing. And we want variety in what we're eating. So um, we've expanded that part, thank goodness. Uh, I tell you, a lovely magazine is called Diabetes Forecast. Get that from the American Community, I'm sorry, the American um, Diabetes Association. They have great recipes. They have great stories about diabetes, which you need to be aware of if you've got diabetes. Uh, we've also got some recipe magazines. Uh, uh, I got an Instapot pressure cooker this past year. Love it, love it. Some of my family members who were stuck in the old days of putting it on the stove only, which chefs still do that. Don't get me wrong, there's chefs that still do it, and I thought about doing it that way because it would cost me less money. But I'm so glad I made this other choice, and I mean, we just love it. It's just an experience uh, and a half, and we always eat some of the best meals when we use our press, uh, you know, Instapot pressure cooker. So that's just me. But uh uh, hopefully other people will delve into some ways or different ways of, of uh, cooking things. And soups is what we want to uh, go into. We've got a new blender uh, that just ju- just for that kind of stuff, uh, you know, uh, taking care of the coffee beans or taking care of uh, the possible soups or purees. Uh, smoothies, they come out pretty good. We haven't had a bunch of them, but some of them. And then, of course, the uh, slushy drinks we love. We've had those since we were kids. But... Um, you have to think outside the box and try to make it fun for you to be able to eat more and a variety because it's going to help you with your health. We see the benefits right off. And I always tell people that are going through the cancer or some other situation, be sure to eat as best you can, but eat those fruits and vegetables. And you'd be surprised how well you'll feel and then also how well that you may be healing. Um, you'd be very surprised. It does help the body. It's kind of giving you the good things about life to help your body grow and also be better. And we see a remarkable difference in our lives by using more fruits and vegetables. But that's us. We even during the wintertime are searching out for those uh, available fruits. We realize they're coming from a different nation. We're not stupid. But the thing is is that we have the opportunity to have some fresh fruits. So um, go to your grocery store and enjoy all the different things that they provide for you because grocery stores are trying to capture that market. It's a growing market. It's even growing more than what they thought. And I'm thankful for that because we feel that uh, by eating more at the grocery store, you're going to want to grow some of yourself uh, also. But at least then, you know, can go to the grocery store, you know, where it's even located in the uh, in the store, and then be able to eat more healthy. 
So um, there are a couple other magazines. Eating Well, that's a good magazine. Uh, we just got Cooks Illustrated back again. I think we're going to pick that one back up. Uh, and it has some l- lovely, lovely recipes in there. Uh, they've gone to a little bit more color on the magazine. They used to be all just black and white. Uh, but you got some of the best tools, uh, tests, you know, that they did. Uh, you've got uh, new information about new appliances that are coming out in the marketplace, how they rate. Uh, then also you got um, some really top-notch recipes that you see on TV every so often. And uh, it's just a, a dynamo kind of uh, opportunity for us to be able to be uh, receiving that information. Um, I do want to remind you that the Digital Magazine, Community Garden Magazine, is out right now. Go to www.communitygardenmagazine.com, and you'll be able to find out how to get the uh, magazine. And then um, the January one we're going to do is catalogs, seed catalogs. People love the seed catalogs. I kid you not. We find out that bulbs are real popular time of the year uh, when we talk about bulbs, and then they love the seed catalogs. So be sure to get whatever free seed catalogs you can because there's a lot of them out there. And uh, one of them is a whole seed catalog from the uh, oh the uh, uh, Baker Creek Heirloom uh, Seed Company. Now I think that was nine ninety five for that one, uh, but they had the free catalog, and I have signed up to get, receive mine, and it takes about four or six weeks. But I'm telling you, you're going to see some good stuff. And I love the seed catalog, Totally Tomatoes. Oh my God, I mean to tell you, I, I can't remember if it was eighteen hundred different seed varieties he's got or twelve hundred. But, I mean, to tell you, you see tomatoes in all kinds of colors, all kinds of varieties. I'm telling you, you see them. <laughs> so uh, it's just a wonderful uh, catalog. It's a small one. It's a thin one. But I'm telling you, you would just be blown away because it's all about tomatoes. Totally tomatoes is what it's called. So this is the time to enjoy, and we're going to showcase a lot of those catalogs so you'll be able to see it. And, of course, what England does, too. And uh, it's just a great time of the year. I don't care who you are. It's a great time of the year. Keep on going and growing, going forward, and uh, be all you can be is what I say. I know a lot of people don't like that, but I feel prosper, be prosperous, do well, uh, be well. Um, I'm for all that, and I'm for all that kind of people I like to be around. Uh, Don't be a naysayer. Be someone that gives something out for a solution and uh, make things happen. But uh, do eat as best you can and eat those fruits and vegetables because you're going to feel healthier and better this flu season is evidently starting they say so um, be sure that you uh, make the best path for your life in uh, making sure that you're going to be as healthy as possible and eat your fruits and vegetables so I'm glad you came today and uh, we'll be having a lot more things uh, popping and happening coming up I'm just excited can't you tell I'm talking fast so uh, <laughs> oh. All right, well, we thank you for coming, and uh, have a great community garden day. My name is Mary Huckel, and this show today has been the Community Garden Revolution.